0: Welcome to Making Comics, a podcast exploring the comics process from two different perspectives. I'm Scott Loss, the creator and artist of The Second Shift, Wanderers of Millasonda, and Paradise Hills.
1: And I am Keith Foster. I write the comics Animals, Three Protectors, and
0: Kadoja. Remember back in the day when we only just had two books? Now both of us have <laughs> three. Isn't that
1: wild? I do. I do, man. I mean, there are we we have gotten we have gotten notes from some people that Uh, I think Levi Kleeman's one of them that's sort of working through the episodes and Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily current. And I think we uh, heard—I don't think it was Levi, but there was that other person who was like, "Like we've been doing this so long that I thought Ben Simmons was good." We all did (laughs) when this when this started, (laughs) and uh, and look look where we are now. So uh, so yeah yeah look how far we've come. But uh, it is pretty fun. I think I was just telling Rachel this earlier today that uh, when we were—I think when we were first doing this. It was your first Drawtober Kickstarter. This was, it mm. was the first mm-hmm. time that you did a Drawtober Kickstarter. now here you are, what, three, four of them in, man. It's becoming a, a Scott Lost tradition. So yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. We're moving
0: on up. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, 2020, I think. Yeah, it was the first one. And uh, yeah, so I'm ongoing. I'm going on the third one. No, this is the fourth one. And because it's 2020, 21, 22, and 23 is this one. So it'd be the fourth. Um, yeah. It, it has to be done it has like this great motivation to it i already have next year's planned so it's pretty cool it's something i look forward to every year and it's uh, all about using what the community is doing and make it creative and useful to you like i Mm -hmm. need to do it uh to participate with the creative endeavors of the rest of the comics community but i also want it to be useful to me you know like how do you do that you turn it into a comic book and you actually got to sell it yeah so totally Good shit. Well, on top of being comic creators who are making more books every single day, we are also beer drinkers. So, my friend, what are you drinking today?
1: I am drinking the final can of what I bought a long time ago, which is the Great Notion Double Stack Imperial Breakfast Stout. Mm,
0: So That sounds good.
1: Yeah, I, I have drank it before on the podcast. And uh, the, what's prompting me to do it now is, number one, it was actually like moderately chilly this morning. We're, we're getting to that time of the season. It was like in the low 60s this morning, which is always nice. And it'll be nicer once once it gets even colder. But um, I-, I saw that Tavor had the pre-order up for this year's batch or this half year's batch of double stacks. So I'm like, well, I'm going to pre-order some. I'm gonna and I'm gonna drink the last one I have. So, sixteen point nine ounces. Of course, eleven percent.
0: Holy crap! Yeah. Wow, that is wild. All right. Hey, this is.
1: Wait a minute. This is episode one fifty, dude. We are. Is it really?
0: Episode 150. So the this big is big special 150. The
1: big special right. 150. This is the the uh, end of season three. We don't really do much in terms of the season stuff. But um, actually, for those that that are astute listeners, the one thing that we are starting to do now is with the beginning of each new season, we change our outro music. So this is going to be the final episode with this outro music, and then we'll change it to to some other song. But the, the intro will remain forever the intro music to this podcast. It is a classic. It's it a, classic. a classic. Classics never go out of style, baby. How about you, man? So what are you drinking?
0: I'm going on the opposite end of the alcohol wheel, and I am drinking Kirkland Kirkland's Signature Viterane Zero uh, Acai Blueberry Pomegranate Because I have been hungover for four days. So I am not drinking today. Um, I was like, not so much a game game time decision, but pretty close to it. I was like, maybe a little hair of the dog will cure what ails me. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, man. Day four says, no, leave it the fuck alone. Drink some vitamin water. Get some hydration in. And um, you don't need to touch alcohol, at least for another week. Uh, Beer. Beer will be coming next week, but... I don't be I don't think I'll be touching booze for some time. <laughs> like it was it was rough, man. Well, you um, gave we'll,
1: you gave me a text of what you drank and you drank all the booze. You all drank all it. the booze.
0: Yeah. Any kind that was available, that's what got drank. So, um and I'll I'll get into that in the bringing the bullshit part, but you know, hey, we're here for comic books. So, we'll get into that. Um what was your first thing for the week, my friend?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so for me, the first thing is that I am back. From the Colorado Festival of Horror. That was the show that I did this last weekend. Um, so Friday afternoon, evening, Saturday and Sunday. So a two, 2.3 day show, essentially, out in Lone Tree, Colorado, which is about 20, 25 miles south of downtown Denver, something like that. And it was a really good show, man. I mean, I, I shared the final total with you. That total does include a split of my books and Invader books. I asked Mike, hey, you know, like, I've got this table, ship out some books, and I'll, I'll definitely dedicate a nice piece of the table to uh, to Invader books. And so, you know, my stuff sold pretty well, and the Invader stuff sold pretty well. And when you added it all up, you ended up with a, you know, top 40% Revenue show for me, something like that. I mean, it was it was a pretty good number, nice. maybe even maybe even top third. And uh, and of course, the the table didn't cost anything, but the uh, the hotel and and the airfare did. But that's still, you know, it it's it's adhering to my strategy. It was great. And um, it was great to to meet some new people hopefully you know make some some long-term readers of of the comics that that I not only write but that I am part of a company that publishes um let me try to think of what the the high points were i think creatively it was it was your typical it was very typical show in a lot of ways what i have found you know it this i didn't have the existential crisis or the air quotes semi-existential crisis but it feels like My shows have followed a definite MO, and this is the kind of MO that I think a lot of your shows out there listening are going to follow, which is Friday is always a nice warm up. You know, my my strategy on Friday is always if I make a few dollars and I have my own dollar amount that I use and Scott, I think, shares that amount. If I make a few dollars and I understand what my booth is supposed to look like or my table is supposed to look like, I consider it a good day. But that doesn't change the fact that it's always going to be your lightest day. So usually. Saturday morning comes around and, you know, I'm not a special guest. I mean, I, I was a guest of the con, but I'm not the one out there signing autographs because I start in horror movies. I'm I'm not that person. So that means that early Saturdays can be slow. And this one was, too. And and there's all there has been this period, not always, but more than half of the shows I did this this past 12 months, there's always this moment on Saturday, I, you know, and, and I was in a much better space because, you know, the more you do it, the better space you get in. But there was a period of, about two hours in where I was like, wow, I wonder what today would be like if I didn't sell anything. I wonder if I could just <laughs> sell. I wonder if I'm going to sell absolutely nothing today and how that's going to work out. What happens usually around this time is that all of a sudden the show picks up. And before you know it, you've you've had a really nice Saturday, three, four hours pass, You're already ramping down to close and and you were like, "Wow, the last time I even had a thought to myself, I had this weird thought and how silly that seems now. So that's the kind of thing that's going to happen. Saturday is generally the big day of many shows with Scott and I have found that. You know, the, the more we've done this and the more we've gotten a following, often the first day of a show will be our best day because people are coming back, which is awesome to see. In this case, this is a new, new turf that I'm trying to set up shop on. So that was great. I mean, and, and then I, I cruised along to a, a really nice finish. Um, two other things that I wanted to mention. One, I, I found my animals pitch. And that's great, you know, and and Scott knows this because he and Gary got a preview of it. In fact, Gary helped workshop it, uh, you know, to to its final form. Um, And and to know me and to know Scott, you you hear it all the time on this podcast. We've devoted, uh, you know, airspace on episodes to it. Scott and I love the one second pitch, the two second pitch. You know, what's what's second shift, Scott?
0: Minimum wage superheroes.
1: Go ahead. If you people want to rewind that and time it. It's probably one second long or a fraction of one second. Right. And this is the kind. And and the fun thing about minimum wage superheroes is I don't think you originally thought of that. I think someone else said it to you at your table, if I remember right. You you were doing some kind of pitch, right? Yeah,
0: it was a buddy. Actually, I was like, I told him what the book was about. And I'm like, I can't seem to get down any shorter than that. And he came back with that pretty quickly. I was all, wow, how the fuck did you do that? And yeah, that's the new pitch. So that was
1: in fact shorter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
1: So, um, should I give the whole story, Scott?
0: Yeah. On totally. it?
1: Okay. So, uh, so what I, what I've been telling people, I mean, we, we know that my pitch up until this weekend was a contagious animals, catch a contagious virus that makes them want to hunt slash murder humans. But the thing about animals that that I'll tell anybody who will listen is that animals was my story inspired by COVID. Uh, it, my thing was a lot of people at the time were writing sort of COVID stories. And this was my COVID story. Um, it was based on, you know, a contagious virus. I was like, OK, well, what kind of twist can I put on it? Because God knows there's going to be enough literature out there that just takes place here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how about if animals are are the ones that are contagious? Right. So I I went with that. And and here and then ended at animals. So what I told somebody, I, I think I I said this whole thing and then I was talking about how it was you know sort of inspired by the pandemic in in a lot of ways and at least that was one good thing that came out of the pandemic for me. Um, and then the person was like, oh, so like COVID meets pet cemetery. I was like, yeah, I mean that's pretty goddamn good. <laughs> You (laughs) know, like, so so immediately I was like, well, I'm just going to start saying that. And then I dropped it into the making comics chat. And then Gary had the good point of, look, COVID can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. I'm not here to theorize on what COVID means to the listeners. But all I know is we all had to deal with it one way or another. But Gary had the suggestion of removing COVID from the equation and putting something else in its place, which is 28 days later. So my new official pitch is 28 Days Later meets Pet Cemetery." Boom. Now I'm good to go. And, um, you know, in terms of what Scott and I like doing, you know, our preferred pitch is either something that encapsulates it really quick. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, my preferred pitch style tends to be this thing meets that thing. And even better, if I put comps in there, you know, in the case of Kadoja, it's Giant Monsters meet H.P. Lovecraft. Alright, one of those things is technically a comp, right? The HP Lovecraft is a comp. Giant monsters is a subject, a genre, whatever. Three protectors, kung fu in space, neither of those are comps, right? In Animals case, all I did was really or or you know what what a stranger and then Gary and uh, stranger than me than Gary did, was um was was getting it down from its sort of clumsier three four second pitch that i didn't really enjoy to this thing meets that thing both of them are comps but i think that's okay you know you you have to pick and choose when you want the comps to sort of happen because comps can be very helpful you know you have a what's your longer pitch on wanders or melisanda again when you use comps
0: well my comp for Wanderers is uh avatar the Last airbender meets he-man Mm-hmm. yeah so that Absolutely. one it gets you there quick um and then it's just a. Uh, you know, what's, what's the other one, uh, anthropomorphic dinosaurs versus mm-hmm. humans. Exactly. And then you go into the longer one, which yep. is, you know, a thousand years in the future, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, and exactly. that's, that's if you hit them with. The hee he. Yeah. Like Missy Elliott. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hit them with the hee hee Yeah. And if, if, if they're there for the rest, then you, uh, you know, now, damn it, I'm trying to think of l- Missy Elliott <laughs> lyrics on the fly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um. Yeah, if they're into the really quick pitch, then you hit them with the slightly longer pitch, you know, yes. just to give them a little bit more and, you know, see if that gets them even more interested. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, we, and we've referred to this in the past as our concentric circles pitch. And uh, and and what Scott and I, I think, have found as we've traversed through time. Look, I'm used to pitching three books. At the Colorado Festival of Horror, I was pitching nine because I had invader books that I was pitching, too. So uh. usually someone stops by the table. And, you know, one, one thing Scott and I ha- have liked, have preferred to say is, hey, look, we'll take a few seconds of your time. If anything interests you, we go from there. And then we give a bunch of the quick pitches. Well, I had to do like nine of them. <laughs> you know, so that that means you need to have a bunch of quick pitches. So it really did help streamline it when I'm just trying to gauge people's interest. What thing are are you interested in? And then we'll talk about that thing. And, you know, if the person is mildly interested, they're going to go from there. So it, it all worked out really well. And and that kind of stuff is the kind of stuff that you're just you're just going to learn by doing. You're just going to have to go out there, pitch your own book, talk to people, get a vibe. And, and you know, it it feels like Uh, You know, statistically, if you look at Scott's mine and Gary's books, half of our pitches over all of our books, if you just say one book is one pitch, half of our books have come from other people because Dinosaurs vs. Marsbots pitch, if Quentin Tarantino directed an episode of The X-Files... That's not Gary's either. I think he got that from someone else. If I remember Scott
0: circling, right.
1: I believe there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It was Scott circling. So anyway. Um, so again, you talk to people and then sometimes people will just give you your pitch and it's amazing, you know? So yeah. that was, that was it. I had one more thing that I wanted to mention, which is I'm going to keep the person's name out of it, but I definitely had a wonderful little moment that carried me through the con once it happened Saturday afternoon, which is one of my favorite authors came to my table and bought a copy of Animals, and I was like, "This is the coolest thing ever." So you know, there's this awkward thing where you you want to say you're a fan, but you also don't want to, you know, break any kind of professional code. So right. so what I what I ended up saying was, he was like, "Yeah, I want one of these," and I'm like, "Cool, man." And I'm like, "Hey, just want you to know, I'm a big fan. Your your book. Keith's not going to name it." is one of my favorite books of all time. And he was like, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And then, uh, and then we did the transaction. And then I I had the thing where it was like, would you like me to sign the book? And he was like, yeah. I was like, well, hell yeah.
0: Yeah. It's very fucking cool, man. It's
1: amazing. It's amazing. I mean, it, it's fun even to just talk about it and, uh, and have that happen, man. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's all that, that made the convention worth it anyway. And then of course I had a good show on top of it. So it was lovely. I, I, I'm going to try to make it work to not only go to this convention again, but go to Denver more. Denver's got vibes, man. Denver's got really good vibes. And the vibe I had at this horror show, it was the first time I've had, it's the best vibe I've had since back when Denver Comic-Con was Denver Comic-Con. It's That's changed what I was going to ask
0: you. I was like, isn't there a convention? Like a pretty big one. And I think yes. you were the one that told me about it, that it was Absolutely. a solid show.
1: Denver Comic-Con used to be, my favorite show i i uh, i would again i'd tell anybody who listened that denver denver comic-con and emerald city were were my two favorites um they both are are no longer my favorites mainly because number well emerald city has just sort of changed right and and i think you know the pandemic changed that and i'm not sure it it recovered fully from that um and then denver comic-con um Denver Comic-Con had a scheduling problem with my life, which is they moved the con around so I can never bank on a date. And and a lot of times it would would be either Memorial Day weekend, sorry, I'm booked up because of Phoenix, or July 4th weekend, sorry, I'm booked up because my kids fence. So one way or the other, I couldn't do it. The last time I did it was 20... 19 that was the last time I did it and and I ended up only only doing two days out of three Because I had a family commitment So I did the Friday and Saturday flew home and then had my family commitment on Sunday and uh, but since then it it sold It it got sold to one of the bigger convention things and what I have heard is that it it lacks the magic you know Mm -hmm. the my favorite thing about denver comic-con was one of the big sponsors of the Denver Comic-Con was the Denver Public Library System. And so what you would get is you would get panels that you'd never see anywhere else. I remember being bummed that I had to work my table and therefore missed a panel that was titled Literary Symbolism in Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Ah. Huh. Give me that panel all fucking day. Right. You know? So so and they had more panels like that. Like it was really thoughtful. They really encouraged the reading aspect of it. And as a result, had a really dope fan base that really loved comics. The dope fan base is still there. I think it's just going to the other shows. So I have a couple conventions in Denver I'm going to think about doing next year. I'm, I'm I'm hopeful that I can go back and do this one. And then there's a comic based one that happens, I think, April of next year that I may go out for as well. So yeah, Denver's cool, man. Very, very cool city. And so, so thank you, Denver. You were dope. And uh, hopefully I see you again soon.
0: Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, that's that's freaking awesome. Um, and then you ended up in the black, um, very well into the black. So that's that's always the goal, right? Like you want to have a good time, you want to make good connections, you want to build that fan base, but you also want to make sure you're making money and yeah. all of that. So very cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I had a similar story to the one where your author, uh, one of your favorite authors, bought your book, um, but a little different. Very similar to the Stan Sakai story I, I had. Uh, meeting him on a uh, uh, trolley. Okay, so I was doing San Diego Comic Fest, and I'm going to name drop because I don't give a shit. Um, yeah. So this very tall gentleman with cut-off sleeves was going through Artist Alley at San Diego Comic Fest, which was it's a smaller convention here in San Diego. And uh, this was when we were at the town and country, and it was basically on a different floor than the convention. You had to take an elevator up to to get to artist alley
1: ben simmons
0: it was him it was ben simmons See? this is the and ben
1: simmons episode party people
0: yeah. i was like yeah hey uh it'll be you know 15 bucks and then he like wadded a 20 up and like basketball shot it to me and it was nowhere close he <laughs> threw it across the room the guy at the booth next to me caught the 20 bucks yeah and then ben still wanted the comic yeah, crazy. Um, anyway, so this very tall gentleman with cut off sleeves was just going through Artist Alley, and and uh, everyone was just like, I don't know, it was just kind of like, all right, there's not a lot of people in here because you have to travel to get to it, you know. And um, he stops by the booth, looks at my banner, starts talking to me, and he picks up the book, and I'm like, right on, okay, cool. And like, there's kind of a weird hush or lull to the crowd. I have no fucking clue what's going on. And uh, I was like, oh, you know, uh, OK, do you want to do cash or card? He's like, oh, let's do card. And then um, um, I was like, oh, do you want a receipt? And he goes, yeah, uh, you can email it to me. And I'm like, oh, OK. And uh, what's the email? And he goes, uh, uh, Steve, Steve at Steve And I'm like. What the fuck? <laughs> like and and the transaction and like I'm kind of like, oh, shit, this is Steve Rood but like similar to Stan Sakai, I don't know what a lot of creators look like. If you, if you show me their work, I can tell you who they are. But if you show me their face, I'm like, who's that person? You know, is that your grandpa? Like, who are you, who is this person that I'm looking at? Right. Um, and so I'm kind of like shook and I was like, Oh shit, Steve Root is buying my book. And he goes, Oh, would you like one of, uh, this, this, um, it was like, kind of like a newspaper cartoon version of Nexus. And he pulls it out of his bag. He goes, oh, would you like one of these? And I was like, absolutely, I would love one of these. And he goes, awesome, thank you so much. And then he leaves, and like everyone's looking at me. I'm like, oh, shit, Steve Rude just bought my book. And and mm-hmm. the person next to me goes, you should have got a picture of him holding your book. And I was like, fuck, I should have had a, <laughs> gotten a picture with him. So it was just one of those things where I was like, it it kind of threw me off what the hell I was doing. And I I really didn't have words, you know, it wasn't like I was starstruck or anything, but it was definitely caught me off guard. And I kind of fumbled and mumbled my way through the rest of uh, the transaction. And then before I know it, he was already gone.
1: I, I don't think there's anything wrong with you not asking him for a photo of the both. I, for me, that's actually a line that I wouldn't cross, you know, like let, eh, let them buy the book. You get your moment. It's fun. You know, somebody bought the book and that's that, you know, so so, yeah, I I don't have a problem with that. Uh, Can I can I share? I've I've actually had a few known comic creators uh, grab one of my books. But but I had a very similar thing where, you know, uh, my my short version of the story is somebody comes over to my booth and they start looking at my shit. And this was one of those conventions where um, people had name tags and I'm like, Brian Polito okay. (laughs) Right. And then Brian Polito bought a whole run of Kadoja. And I was like, fuck that's man. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very, very cool. Very fun. Um, and it's great. It's you know like like it, and it's always cool when like indie people live the indie thing. I mean yeah. you know that's that's indie baby. You know and it, and even it was cool with this author. You know like they they love reading, right? Like and and I think that's a great note out there to everyone. It's just a reminder, right? Like you get better at your craft by either reading it or, or doing it. And so um so yeah, get get out there and get some books and 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 read them and then uh, and then put them on the compost heap and see how it affects your stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good place for creators to get potential. I don't know. I wouldn't say to like lift ideas or anything like that, but you never know. But uh, not not with these people that we're talking about. That's not what we're saying. That's not what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Uh, but what I mean is, there's new inspiration there. Like if you read an issue of Spider-Man, you're more than likely just getting another issue of Spider-Man. There might, There's probably not going to be anything new under the sun in there. They're not trying anything too crazy, too wild, too out there, because it is corporate comics. They have to stay in a certain realm in order for this to get approved by their editors, etc. So you're kind of like stuck in a box in a way. You know, of course, you have those runs like Thor, God of Thunder that are like, holy shit, this is just on another level. Um, but more often than not, like I'm buying indie books, third party books, creator own books, because it's something different than what I have been reading for the last, you know, um, 30 years of my comics my comics, uh, reading, you know? So, uh, I stick to the indie side of it because you get those new wild ideas and it may trigger something in your brain that will go like, what if I did something, you know, like this, just based off of what they did, not saying it's jumping off of their thing, but it might just unlock something in your brain. and It'll make you think completely different about something you've been working on and, uh, take you to new places creatively.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to find, do you want me to, um, I came across this amazing quote that someone had uh, had talked about, and it's it's not super flattering to like the big two, but I thought it was so goddamn funny that would you like me to share it once? Like yeah. I actually find it, I'll just scroll down the next time you talk because it's so goddamn funny, and uh, there's no way I would ever make this like the 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 main, you know like the quote that I post on my Instagram or anything. But um, mm. but man, it's it's fun to share. So anyway, I'm gonna try to find it. Okay, okay, but I'll I'll, I'll do that on my own time.
0: Yeah, I'll go into my... uh, Yeah, it sounds like you need
1: to go into your first thing.
0: Yeah, go to my first thing. You can look for it while uh, I'm doing that. Um, So I finished a page of second shift. So this is a much slower week than last week for many reasons and I will get into that in the bringing the bullshit part uh <laughs> because something took it out of me for quite some time this week Scott
1: is Scott is triangulating what the something was yeah <laughs>
0: yeah and so um yeah something took it out of me I was basically toast for a few days kind of just burned a few days and I was not able to work as much as I wanted to um but I did put a lot of time into this one particular page like out of the as of today, I have seven pages done for the Drawtober project. So things are moving along swimmingly. And um, so this page, however, it was a splash image, but it was the page that took the longest, strangely enough. Um, you know, like there was way less panels, obviously. There was way less characters. The There was a total of five characters on the page plus the background. But a lot of the panels that I've done... Or a lot of the pages I've done had a lot of panels with backgrounds, but something about this one was taking a lot more time because of these splash images. There's a lot of guest stars in these, on these pages. Um, I want to make them the best pages possible. So not to say that I'm slacking off on the interiors, like the, or, or like giving it short shrift or anything like that. I'm definitely putting the work in on those, on those interior pages. Um, the panelled pages, I should say, I should say they're all interior pages, but, the splash image is a splash image. You want people to stare at it a little longer. Um, it is a image that is supposed to grab you. So a lot more time went in. This was, I think, a total of like 17 and a half hours just on this splash page. But that was also a factor of the background. There was a little bit of a struggle there on how I wanted to execute it. And so I kept trying different things. And I think that added a little bit to the, uh, the time count there. But... Overall, it was a really fun page, rewarding page. It was just a matter of uh, working the kinks out of certain angles and like foreshortening of certain characters, and like to me how it looked. So um, that can be an issue when you're working on a, on characters. Is if you're doing some extreme foreshortening, like the longer you look at it, I feel the the more it looks wrong. So it really takes you multiple tries at it to go like, is this fucking right? And you just keep reworking it and reworking it and reworking it until you find something you're actually happy with. And uh, it got to a point that one of my first drafts, I was like, wait, is the first one better than this, like, fifth one that I worked on? And, um, you know, you find a nice middle ground there. And uh, I think I came up with something good. So um, I was like, all right, I think this is good enough to move on. I I think this looks right. It doesn't pull me out of the image.
1: So, did you end up going with a variant off of that original image, or did you just go with like a little head and iteration?
0: shoulders and and part of an arm, really? But overall, I changed the rest of the body. So it was just like uh, basically the bust of the foreshortened image. It was a uh, my character um, focus. She's flying towards the camera, mm-hmm. and um, at a three quarter degree angle, and so it's just like all right, this is a this is weird looking. I don't know why it's weird looking, but I'm gonna keep reworking it. So it was like her head, shoulders and her boobs. And then everything else just seemed off to me. And I was like, I gotta just keep tackling this thing. So I finally got there, but it was, it was definitely the most work that was required on that page.
1: Okay. Okay. Hey man. I mean, that's, that's all part of like the creative process though, you know, like I'm I'm sure if more than a few people are probably listening to you right now and nodding like, yep, (laughs) that's what (laughs) that's what we're going through, too. So, yeah, it's 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 an all of us problem, right? It's a it's a creator problem. It's a creative problem. So uh, so, yeah, man, you worked your way through it and and the product's going to be good for it.
0: Yeah, there's there's a few angles of the head. That's really difficult. Like when you're looking at it from a particular angle, like a foreshortened angle, like when the head is looking down and I'll show you Keith like on the camera when I'm looking down like this, mm-hmm. where you can kind of see my fore, the top of my head, my forehead, the bridge of my nose and like the top of my brow. And it's yeah. just like the chin kind of is a little there. The mouth kind of disappears under the nose. And you can draw that thing. And you're like, is that fucking right? Is it? Yeah. It is right. Like, you can take a photo reference, and then you look at what you drew, and you're like, yeah, that's right, but why does it look so weird? Mm -hmm. Because when you're used to drawing something certain ways, and then you get this weird angle that you're not used to doing, it just really throws you off. And it's the same Mm -hmm. as, like, the three-quarter back view of a head. You know, you're looking at – it's not quite a profile, and it's not quite a – Well, it's essentially that a three quarter back of the head. You see a little bit of the back of the ear. You have to make the ear look right. Like you can't see a certain the inside of it, really. Um, And then you can't see most of the face. And it's kind of just the shape. And once you draw it enough, you kind of get used to it. Like there's certain characters I can draw. I'm like, yeah, that's right. And just move on from it. But there's certain ones where I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? What's this is some weird shit anyway. I will
1: I will get to my second thing and this this involves sort of catching up a little bit on the second novel. I spent a fair amount of time in the second novel, and because of my own personal schedule, again, my my mother visiting was the main reason. Um, I had never gotten to the notes from my novel workshop, from my previous two novel workshops. So I had two workshops worth of notes to catch up on. So I, I incorporated those notes. And, uh, and that really took a lot of my time in terms of writing. Um, I, I, I wrote a fair amount, but I think in this case, writing is more editing. You know, I was, I was working in their notes and, uh, and taking the ones that I liked while also from a certain point in time, dialing in the villain a little harder than, than what I'd done previously as we talked about last week. So, I don't know if there's much to talk about there other than, you know, the, the the nice thing about working in the villain is the working in a stronger villain is that this story is the kind of story where it's not even clear who the goddamn villain is until about halfway through the story. And that's the way that I wanted to write it. It's not a, a marriage of convenience for now, right? Like, who knows? Maybe by the time I get to the second draft, it's like, okay, no, I'll establish this much earlier. But the way that I've written it now, it's it's a revelation that happens about halfway through the book where you're really clear on what the fuck is going on. So in doing that, that means that I have less pages to rewrite, <laughs> right? Like, that's good, because it's only really clear who the hell the villain is or, you know, whatever, um, once you get halfway through the book. So I picked the spot where it's pretty clear that that I should start rewriting, and then I have done that. I'm caught up to the current, and now I can proceed forward with a stronger villain, because that's going to drive a much, I don't know if I want to say like crazier plot, but things are going to sort of accelerate here, from here, all the way through to the end. So we'll see how it goes but I just can't see any other way around. Like once we get to this point where it's clear what the protagonist is facing, we have to go hard after that, you know? So I'm, again, I'm pretty much current. I think I I may have one more scene to rewrite actually. And, and go from there because when you rewrite a scene with a stronger villain, you may, that may change the complexion of the scenes that follow. It probably will. The good news is I don't have any scenes that follow. So I just need to make sure that this is consistent and uh, and that I'm able to to springboard forward once I do this little bit of remedial work. And I think I think that's the kind of stuff that a lot of writers are going to encounter at one point or another. You know, you what will happen for me the most frequently is that I think the story should carry at a certain pace and that pace is almost always slower than the actual story dictates. This has been a theme for me in my prose. Not a theme for me as much in my comics, but in my prose, absolutely. And what I find is that the thing that I thought should have been on about page 150 should actually be on page 70. So I need to accelerate that and not have that slow burn. I love slow burns, man. I, I do. It's it's like my favorite shit. And we'll get to a little bit of that in my Bringing the Bullshit, where I finally watched a movie that i should have watched years ago um that's a perfect like slow burn amazing movie right so anyway um in doing that i'm in a good place and uh, and so yeah i i found myself with a fair amount of free time because you know i was by my on my own at a convention so i got to wake up i got to have some coffee i got to write for a while knocked my writing out for the day and then i had breakfast you know like that's that's such a perfect way to start the day where I know that by like 8, 8.30 a.m., I've already done my writing. And I may think more about it, but I've at least done the base level of work that I want to do.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah, getting finally getting a chance to implement all those notes, um, you know, just to whatever the case, your mother's in town, things come up, that's life, right? Yeah, we live, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the fact that you got to work those in, that's great. And as far as like, watching something that you need to do or accelerating something you thought was supposed to be on page 150 and then it turns out needs to be on page 70. I mean, like me and Ed have done that with Second Shift. We're like, you know, one one thing my girlfriend asked was like, so how did they all come together? I'm like, we're going to get to that. And that was a note Mike had given, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. our our editor was like, how do they get together? We're on Mm -hmm. issue 12. Like we should know this already. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're right. Uh, we were going to get to that. Yeah. in a few issues, but good point. Yeah, yeah. you got you got to you yeah. got
1: to you got to drip it in. You got to you mm-hmm. got to titrate that shit in. And and I think you know, that, that's that's the kind of thing where I'm sure you're able to to titrate that in now or even go back a Absolutely. little bit and rework some stuff and titrate it in
0: by the, And that's the, you know, that's that's the goal for the next, like, okay, the rest of this year is booked up. You know, I got the Drawtober right after that. I'm finishing Wanderers 4, which was last year's Drawtober. Um, and then at the beginning of uh, next year, I have to do a six-page anthology story for the Accidental Aliens. But then... After that, I get to work on second shift uh, issue zero, essentially, which is the zero is for origin. So it's going to be how they all get together and all of that. Now, I think we've had this conversation on the air, and I don't know if I was just blatant about it. I think I might have. I don't really um, keep a lot of stuff to myself on the pod. I just kind of let it out there. You Um, ain't me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think... I had talked about this on the pod where I might just cut that issue up altogether and stick it in the beginning of other issues in the trade paperback. So that way, when you read that issue, it's kind of like, oh, here's a little bit of how they got together. Anyway, onto the issue. And then you you do that for, there's four characters, so for four issues, it'll be something like that. And, um, I liked the formula of that and I can use that actually moving forward with new characters that are being introduced. It's like, yeah, we can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And it, it creates a new format for the series in a way, and it incentivizes people to pick up the trade. What, what's going on? What was making you laugh?
1: You could stick it in the beginning or you could stick it in (laughs) the back,
0: back. (laughs) right? Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Whatever you prefer, Miss Jackson. Yeah, yeah. If you're nasty,
1: yeah the the alcohol's kicked in. That's that's what that that's clear. It's clear. The
0: lucky bastard. We're
1: we're the at that bastard. moment. Hey, you're the one who drank like a pirate ship worth of alcohol over the weekend, yeah. <laughs> right? Like you're you're like you're watching a pirate ship just just roll in on the San Diego Harbor, and you're like, I'm gonna drink that whole fucking thing.
0: They're like rolling in the barrels of booze.
1: I'm just gonna sit at the end of this ramp and punch a hole
0: in all of this booze and just lay down and just (laughs) let it shoot into my mouth. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. So yeah, 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 yeah. You're, I mean, you are paying a heavy tax, friend, a heavy one. Uh,
0: The bill comes due.
1: The bill always comes due,
0: man. Uh, uh, let's see. We're on to your second thing. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my second thing, I had to break it up. So normally I just bunch these things together if it's if it's all one project. But I only have two things this week, and I'm only working on one project. So um, I actually managed to draw a penciled page today. Mm. So I finished one page in full. And I got a pencil page today. And hey, peek behind the curtain. We're starting a little early in the week. Um, Keith's got some stuff to do, no big deal. Yeah. Um,
1: and I I have a family wedding that I'm traveling to over the weekend. Actually, I should mention I'm going to to lovely, splendid Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay. It's gonna be a good time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, right so on. so good shit. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So you'll be the one drinking a barrel of booze.
1: There's no Um, way I do that. There's there's no (laughs) way I do that because so. So about inside baseball, I told Scott that, like, this is exactly the kind of tax that you pay a little bit later in life that you don't pay earlier in life earlier in life scott could have done this 20 years ago and probably woken up the next day and like run full court for two for two
0: games right yeah uh, and th- just stunk just like leaked <laughs> alcohol out of my pores it's just, just like just totally no one wanted sucked. to guard me
1: like miss miss every shot like whatever no one needed to guard you you would have bricked everything right you yeah. would have been just enough off your uh, enough off your uh game right but yeah that that's that's not the way shit works so I, I, I'm like, what, 10, uh, close to 10 years older than you. And, uh, and yeah, man, I, I remember that. <laughs> I remember yeah. that, that first, that first one where the bill came due awfully hard. And it was like, man, just, I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. You know? So no it's so,
0: yeah. one to, one to three beers, like maybe four were feeling yeah. crazy that night, yep but uh, not the amount that I had done. But uh, anyway, going back to what I was yeah. saying there, I got a page penciled today. Um, I was out of commission the last two and a half days, and so I finally felt like I can get back on it. So today I penciled a full page, so that was really nice. And um, by the days, I have essentially three more days to be a full week from, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm kind of going Thursday to Thursday. The the last three times we've recorded, in my brain, I'm like, a full week is Thursday. Mm -hmm. So um, it's Tuesday right now. When we get to Thursday, I'll see how many pages I can actually get done for the week. Yeah. So um, right now we're at a page and a half, which is still a great, still a great count. Like by my regards, like how mm-hmm. slow I usually am. So to get one and a half is really good. But I would really like to knock this page out completely to at least get two pages done this week, and that's kind of my new goal uh, moving forward. Yeah. Is two pages a week. So um, huge jump in my productivity. And funny enough, like I've heard other channels, uh, like Cartoonist Kayfabe, for instance, I was going like, to be coy about it. But they started talking about recently a panel a day. Hey, a panel a day gets you 65 pages, you know, this many, three books a year. It's like, yeah, guess who else has been saying that? Yeah. Your boy. Right. You know, so um, yeah. glad, glad they finally took my advice um you know maybe one day they'll catch up to our billions of listeners 10 <laughs> billion to... baby
1: there look if it's 10 billion that means they're listening and they're yeah. repurposing it for their they're paltry their paltry 1 million listeners but they don't <laughs> but they don't have 10 billion we got the 10 billion we know that's right
0: we see the stats. intergalactic planetary yeah, planetary everybody so.
1: hey those of you out on like zebulon 4 delta
0: you're welcome You're welcome. Um, I I (laughs) I love that channel. But anyway, so yeah, yeah. if I can get back to uh, two pages a week, uh, I'll be pretty psyched about that, like pushing it forward. And then hopefully... Uh, it'll just continue right after the Droptober project and on to the next book and so yeah, on and so forth.
1: Elevate and maintain, man. That was a phrase, I think, back in the 90s. I, I was in a band that wrote a hardcore song, actually, called Elevate and Maintain way back in the 90s. You elevate your skill and then you just keep going, man. So two pages a week is, is a lovely goal, and that's that's more hardcore than one panel a day. So, But, you know, you're there. So so why why fight it, right? Keep on going, keep on going. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a quick, like, speed round thing. So, sort of a third thing, and sort of not, and then we can get to the main topic. But uh, I did get, I did get pencils back already from Three Protectors, pages eleven through sixteen. So I'm almost oh, getting wow. halfway through. You know, this artist is going to do about thirty of the fifty-plus pages that are going to be in Three Protectors. I think it'll be more once I add graphics pages. It, they look great, man. Like, like he is really like throwing heat right now and so it was how how long
0: did it take him to get you those uh five pages
1: not long but but i mean it it took him days but but the way his cadence is is that i pay the upfront amount he gives me the pencils i pay the second amount and approve them or tell him whatever things i want to do and then i get like the rough inks a couple days later and then I either say yay yeah, or nay, which is they 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 just showed up today. I I have a question that I need to run by Mike. And and I want to see if it works or if it doesn't work. If not, it's a very easy revision for the artist to do. But then after that, it takes longer because now we're getting into the the nice inking and things like that. You know, so it's probably going to be another two three weeks before I get the inks. Full back so this part of the process goes fast and then I wait a while for that next part of the process to to finish up because he likes to lock in a lot of stuff at the loose stage And then once I lock that in, then he can just go inking and go crazy and do whatever he needs to do with the rest of his workload, right? But um, I'll share them with you, man. They look—I owe you a bunch of pages to share, but for that, but it looks really cool, man. Like he's he's doing some dope shit. So I am very excited about Three Protectors Volume Two as the pages come along more and more. You
0: know, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's—I mean—that's the way to do it. Lock. um, Make sure you get everything locked in first with your collaborator. Make sure. Mm Everything is approved before you start inking because it's such a bitch to yeah. uh, change stuff. Once you've inked, you're like, God damn it! Like now I got to redraw it in the pencil stage and then reink it. So it's just like yeah. extra process. So yeah, good on him. Very very e- efficient way to work for sure.
1: Yeah, he's a pro's pro. He's a pro's pro. So uh, so yeah, let's let's get to. I, I I can I set up this main topic a little bit, or would you like to?
0: Yeah, man. You can, hey okay. So yeah, I'm. Uh, it is creating complex characters. So this is the topic that we've been trying to get to for about, what'd you say, 12 weeks?
1: I mean, it's it's been 12 episodes, maybe more, where like every time we think we're going to talk about that, we think of another cool idea. And we've been doing it for the last, you know, basically goddamn quarter of a year, <laughs> as this has always been the next episode. Bunk, bink, 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 bink. Bink, 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 bink. So we're here. <laughs> we're here.
0: Creating <laughs> complex characters.
1: Hey, 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 hey.
0: Make, Make comics every day. Every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was pretty close. That right. was pretty close. You wanna you wanna yeah. uh launch into it for us? Like why don't yeah. you start off?
1: Yeah, I mean it it is it is as we're saying, it's it's about making sure that your characters are three-dimensional. I'm going to share information as as an example, okay? We, We all have these examples. We all either have a show we watched, a movie we watched, a book we read, or a comic we read, where something doesn't ring right. Wherever you are in your comic journey, whether you're an expert or whether this is the first episode you've ever listened to, I guarantee that you have seen some things and it doesn't sit right with you. And so... What what Scott and I have done over the years is, f- you know, figure out the language on like, why doesn't this sit right with me? And then explore it from there. And, and you only learn the vocab- vocabulary by having other people give it to you. And then you're like, oh, shit, that is what I was thinking. That's, mm-hmm. that's labeling the emotion I have. So, you know, we've all had those things where we're like, this doesn't feel right. We are all complex people. We all have our own little quirks and our own little things characters people are never about only one thing so characters cannot be only about one thing characters do all of these things they have all of these influences they have their entire life bearing down on them at every moment i'm not saying they're feeling the weight of that life because we don't feel the weight of our own lives at every moment but characters have that you know again i'm, I'm sort of pulling all over the place but yo Seventeen ounces of eleven percent alcohol. Like I I get to do that. Okay, I'm. I it's an obligation. Um, In a previous episode, we talked about. I, I believe I mentioned that in Mad Max Fury Road, the stuntmen, the war boys, had acting coaches, and they spent hours, and I mean hours, days of hours, weeks of hours, fleshing out their own characters. Fleshing out their backstory, where they came from, you know, what they liked, what they didn't like, you know, like, like all of these things, all the complexities that make people people. And, and those are for people. Those are for people that were on the screen of Mad Max Fury Road for seconds for two seconds three seconds they're hanging off the side of a fucking truck (laughs) you know like like they have complex backstories and do you need to go that hard in the paint i don't think so right but but is that an illustrative example of how you should think about your characters absolutely the the number one thing you know to to carry this forward Well, go ahead. Do you have anything you want to say based on what I said before we start to kind of give some easy tips that might help develop your characters out there?
0: I mean, just even on that last point that you talked about with the Fury Road and all those stunt doubles basically having backgrounds to their characters. Now, why is that beneficial? If they're only on the screen for five seconds, right, maybe less, maybe they're one of the war boys that is chasing uh, our main character through the corridors, Right, And then so you're getting to see them on the screen. Now, they know everything that's happened to their characters. So like, let's say, okay, there's been some trauma and this and that. How would that character run with that information? You know, like, what is that guy's reaction when the camera is on him and they're snarling? Are they snarling? Are they dead inside? Are they fully emotional are they you know like so there's having that creative information about the character it's helpful even if they are on the screen for one to five seconds you know it gives them a complexity that you're not going to get with just some rando bad guy it's like well john wick's just murdering all of these people exactly okay well then you kind of don't get the same energy that you do from a Mad Max Fury Road. If you watch Mad Max Fury Road and you watch John Wick 4, are you going to get that same complexity with the extras in your cast? Not really. Mm -hmm. There there is a difference there. You can feel it. There's a feeling that comes through. So with everyone knowing who their character is, it definitely brings something to the table. So, um, you know, one can say it's too much, like maybe too much, but... Having a, like a nice page worth of character description and like the details of their life or, or you know working that having each person work that out on their own, then they know as an actor to walk in a certain way. So in itself, it's very important. you know, like I have supporting casts in my book. so I know how those characters act. like they're developing as people, much like you said, mm-hmm. um, people are not one note. There's not only one thing about them, you know, and, and like if you read Second Shift going through all of the issues, you'll see characters with complete story arcs so far, like how they're changing, how, how previous stories are affecting them, and with other characters, how storylines coming up are going to affect them and change who they are as people. So, um, you know, just kind of think of yourself as well. Like, it's, it's a good way to think about it. Like, are you the same person that you were when you were 10? And then when you were 15 and then when you were 18, 21, 28, 32, like just every like couple of years, you're not exactly the same person. Maybe the essence of you is still the same, Mm -hmm. but the way life has affected you has changed your uh, certain aspects of how you view the world and how you treat the world just because of how maybe you've been treated or how others have been treated and that you saw. So it's always a good thing to think about. You know, especially with your heroes. I mean, with all of your characters, really. Like, what are the negative things in your villain's life that made them who they are? Like, one of the most sympathetic villains around is is Magneto, right? So, you know, like, with his backstory and, uh, you know, being in the concentration camps and his parents getting killed. And then it, it makes you think about how he thinks of humans, uh, you know, from that aspect. And mm-hmm. so... Is his motivation just like in your mind? Does that make sense to you? Do you identify with him? Do you go? Yeah, I see exactly why he does that. And I kind of agree with him a little bit. You know, maybe he's too extreme, but at the same time, knowing that background, um, And just the things like the battles that he's had with the X-Men over the years. Okay, that changes certain aspects of him. At some point, he's a hero. Sometimes he's a villain. Sometimes he's somewhere in between. So it gives you more sympathy for those characters, good and bad. And uh, it makes things more complex to where you don't feel like they're one note.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and so, I mean, I think that's that's great stuff. And I'm going to build on that a little bit because I think it ties into you know, one thing that that I can suggest to people out there, if people are like, OK, OK, Keith and Scott, that sounds cool. But like, what can I do?
0: Give us five motherfucking stars. That's what five. You can, do. you can give us
1: five motherfucking stars. Exactly. Scott did the Rick roll this time. I'm even more impressed, man. Well done. Well done. Um, But after you give us five stars, you can think it think in terms of contradictions. Contradictions are what make us all who we are in a lot of ways. The you know, we're we're one note until we're not. We're we think a certain thing until we don't. We're a certain way until we act in the face of that. And and contradictions, I think, are one of the easy ways for you out there to dig into your characters and make sure that they are complex and they are not mustache twirling, blah blah for evil's evil's sake, blah blah. Right, um, so I, I think that's a a great a great way for you to pro- proceed. It's it's an, what I like about it is it's a nice easy thing. Here's a character. Here's all the things they are. Give me a contradiction, just one. Give me a contradiction on what they just were, and then once you understand that contradiction and how it happens. You've added an element of complexity that you hadn't even thought of before. You know, I I wanted to write this shit down, Scott, because I'm buzzed, and um, and so I I, <laughs> I wanted reason. to yeah I wanted to mention contradictions and I and when you said Magneto, it made me think of who I think I would argue are the easily um, the two most interesting villains in the MCU. And you probably know who I'm going to say. I'm going to say Thanos, and I'm going to say Gore the God Butcher. And, and what makes both of them interesting, if you go back through the films, is their contradictions, right? Like, is is the things were like, like, Thanos was not just a blah, blah, for evil's sake, blah. He was, I want to do this for this reason. I have this backstory reason for it. And this is what drives me to do what I want to do. Just like Gore the God Butcher. Interesting backstory. And so it's not just, yes, I want to kill all the gods f- because... I'm evil. I want to kill all the gods because I got a goddamn reason. And I also have a soft side to me, which ties to, you know, my child dying. Right. And so um, anyway, so it's it's just food for thought out there that and, and look, there's so much more to those two characters that I'm saying in in seconds. But at least it gives you out there a way for you to take some avenues and start really pursuing the the intricacies and the complexities of your own characters
0: Yeah yeah those are great examples and and they all pose this this core thing that makes you side with them but it's the extremity of how they're doing things that's where they turn you and, and then you know like Gore for instance it was just like oh you guys are all gods and you know this is something explored in the comic books is well, even if you kill all the gods, there's still one God left and it's you Mm -hmm. because who kills gods, other gods, like you're, you're above everyone else now. So, you know, you're, you're kind of the thing that you hate. And that's also interesting unto itself. And that's why that was such a, uh, you know that I had mentioned uh, Thor, God of Thunder, the that run at the beginning of this episode. So fu- so funny we're talking about gold. Chef's so. kiss, yeah, yeah. For those yeah.
1: of you out there that have not read it, it's it's a twenty four issue total arc. I think it's collected in about four trades. Absolutely fantastic, absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic, man. Like just a great exploration of of gods, of character, and and even of time and space. Once we get to the end of it, you know, yeah. so absolutely taking art.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Asad Ribbick, uh, Jason Aaron, right? Wrote that mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely go pick that up if you guys haven't. It's, it's pretty amazing. I think we covered that pretty thoroughly. Um, so we hope you guys, uh, enjoyed the main topic for this week. It was, a uh, 12 weeks coming. And yeah. so we finally gave it to you, but hopefully we'll be able to think of a bunch more subject matters after this in order to, uh, keep this gravy train rolling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, you got anything else to add before we get into the bullshit?
1: No, but I got bullshit, friend.
0: Right on, man. All right, let's do it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, where where do you want me to start? With just like, let, let's start with the comics. Okay. I know you're surprised,
0: right? No, I bought comics, motherfucker.
1: So oh, let's shit, right on. let's start with the After comics, the and then and then we can get a little little weirder as we
0: progress. Um, how much of the show actually had comics, and how much of the show was just like? Like horror-related stuff?
1: Um, if, I, if I'm giving a quick assessment, I would say, oh, let's go with... So I, I think there were about four or five comic publishers there, including me. I'm, I'm classifying myself there. Comic makers, comic publishers. It was a semi-big ballroom in a Marriott. You know, like, like it was a small show. Okay. Physically. But the love there was great, and there was, you know, great attendance, and that's the cool thing about horror, you know? Like, people show up and they love it, and they want to support it, and and a a really high ratio of people who read comics and who are interested in printed matter. Um, So I'd say, if if I'm just going off the dome here, maybe 10 to 15%, you know, aka the four to five people selling comics were comics and or books, I'd say that a good, solid, 30 to 40% was people that were involved in movie making at an indie level in one way or another. Maybe another 20% printed, actually, and maybe the rest of it was just a combination of people who were selling things like prints, or people who were selling things like t-shirts, paraphernalia, candles, you know, potholders. You know, whatever, right? Like those kind of, things. yeah, merchandising, and and then maybe a few. There was one booth that was reseller comics, so like a comic shop that had brought okay. a whole lot of like horror themed comics and stuff for the people. So, um, oh no, and and there were a few more book publishers out in the main area. So I, I think that's a you know pretty good smattering. Maybe again like eight eight to ten total book publishers, comic publishers, etc. Um, so but in terms of wait how'd we get here
0: oh you said you bought books so i was like I wait they're a comic yeah, yeah yeah so that's how come i i asked you okay. how many yeah. comic publishers or well or- so
1: uh, okay yeah. so this is a great time to shoehorn this in i guess which is i did buy books and this isn't even all my books but you can see that i bought like four five actually fiction books right here and uh and they're very fun so just indie horror and really cool stuff. And I'm going to save this one for once we get to the next part. So, but that that wasn't even what I was going to talk about when I
0: talked plus about... Plus that my, cool-ass shirt that you're wearing?
1: Plus the cool-ass shirt. Yeah, I should mention, um, you'll see it when, when the episode posts, but I'm wearing a shirt from the Denver Horror Collective because I am a member of the Denver Horror Collective. And I know that's weird. Like, Keith, mm-hmm. you're in fucking California. What are you doing as a member of the Denver Horror Collective? Well, because I said so. So why? <laughs> <laughs> and second of all fuck you <laughs> right So call back to last week no no okay I'm kidding on the second part this time but um but no so I, I had a couple eBay things and um I had mentioned this during the beep out last week but I did go ahead and I'm putting it on record because you know what if I if I get it by the time this airs fine and if I don't no big deal but when i um, if we go back to a couple episodes ago when i got that 4409 the one with the amazing dr doom cover um little known to me is that i sit down i sat down to read it read the whole thing and then came upon voila a backup story that was drawn by mike Mignola. and i was mm-hmm. like whoa mike Mignola did some cool mainstream stuff for the big publishers so in that spirit i was sitting on an auction and i and so What Scott and I talked about in the bleep out is that I'm looking into Mike Mignola backup stories or main stories involving DC and Marvel characters because I think he's amazing and I think his takes on these characters are so fun and it can really spice up what I'm not saying the stories are mediocre. I have no idea. But even if the story was mediocre, I'd be totally interested because of Mignola's art. So if the story's good, that's that's an even bigger bonus. So I, I I looked up a lot of those appearances. Many of them are a high price, so odds are I'll just get the trades whenever I can. But I'm also watching a few of the comics that are cheaper. And one of the comics that I was watching that I got at a really good price was Cosmic Odyssey one through four. And uh, oh, I can't remember Scott. Maybe you can look up the writer while I'm talking here. But it has a really well-known writer at the time, and uh, it's it's a cool like DC themed superhero team up book that mignola is drawing so i i was able to just get that i won an auction yesterday i hung around till the end and there were no bids and then i put a bid in with a you know with with not much time left and uh yeah got it so got all four issues with shipping for like 12 bucks which is pretty great so i, I Jim grabbed, starlin jim starlin wrote that so there you go speaking uh calling back to thanos just a little bit right? yeah i was gonna say so um, so, yeah, Starlin wrote that. And then the other thing, Scott, is so I got that. I have my eye on a few more Mignola things, whether they happen by the time this airs. I don't particularly care. Right. Like, I, I don't think. <laughs> well, we'll see, because, you know, your your golden age daredevil definitely had the the making comics effect. So maybe I need to act a little bit on these. But one thing I don't know if you've been following this, Scott. But and and so I'm going to call back some an old episode here, actually a couple older episodes. The first one happened in December of last year, December of 2022. And I had gone to visit my my kid, Ava, and take her to a Knicks game. So go to Wagner, make good on my promise that I was going to take her to a Knicks game at the garden before she graduated. So I stayed with my cousin the day before. The night before and hung out with him, caught up with him. And then we went into Red Bank and I went to Jay and Silent Bob's comic vault. And in that episode, I tell the story of how I dialed into a couple indie comics, including Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. And that's on record back from December of last year. I didn't buy the whole series. I think they had like issues. I don't know, two, four, five and six or something like that. But I just got issue six. So that's what I got that one time.
0: Side note, they actually just I don't know if it's the same series or if they uh, did a new one, but I think issue one just came out.
1: Au contraire, Mofraire. That's exactly where I'm going. Yeah, Damn. yeah. That's that's exactly where I'm going. So I uh and then I, I was I was building to a motherfucking point, man.
0: Oh, my bad.
1: Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all I mean, everything Scott says is true.
0: Um second of all Darth Vader you, is Luke's father. You.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen that shirt on? A uh, threadless used to make it. It was called spoilers. It was hilarious. No, it, it's 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 nothing but like a huge text of every spoiler there is, and it, it and it's got like little icons. So it's like your know, Darth Vader is Luke's father with the little Darth Vader helmet, and then in, in the three hundred movie font, it says two hundred ninety nine die. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all these goofy things, you know, yeah. uh, like pick every major spoiler, and it's on there. So um, so really, really Usual fun suspects. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's probably. it. Yeah, yeah. Verbal Kent is Kaiser Sose, that's on there, right? So anyway, um, so I, I happened to go back and was in Red Bank again, Alyssa and I went to Red Bank, and we went back to Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash, because I was like, let me pick up the, you know, this this, uh, issue of Harriet Tubman was pretty good. And I remember some issues being there. So when I went back, issue five was still there. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll buy issue five. I was hoping there'd be more, but, you know, it's been five months. And then, as Scott says, not only did the original series get picked up for a re-release through massive publishing, And issue one is out right now, but it got optioned for a series, I think, on Hulu or something like that. Oh wow! Okay. So the original uh, stuff was released on a a comic company called Kingwood Comics, and uh, and so I mentioned that because I got issue three. So um, nice issue issue one is that signed too? It is signed. It is signed, which kind of makes it worthless right? But, uh, but what are you going to do? And this is actually through chocolate city comics. So I'm not sure what's going on with all these indie re-releases. I mean, I I do sort of get it because I did it myself with Kadoja, right? Like I self-released the first, uh, five issues of Kadoja, and then proceeded to re-release it through Two One Five. So there's the indie run of 1 through 5, and then there's the revised, slightly different cover version through Two One Five. So anyway, for those of you out there, Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer was surprisingly good. I now at least have issues 3, 5, and 6 from the original series. And uh, yeah, you can, you can get with it at your local comic shop. And if they don't have it, well, I'm, I bet Midtown has it, or I bet um, eBay has a ton. Right, because I've I've just put a save search on there for Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer, and the original comic versions, and they're just there. They're, there's no values to be had there anymore because you know it's option for a series, and and from what I hear, the series is actually coming out. So uh, so oh, okay. we'll see where that goes. But yeah, man, it was a it was kind of a fun callback, and I was able to pick up this one issue, so now at least I have three of the original series that was put out independently, or even this, which may have been, like, a second series put out, for all I know, not through Kingwood Comics, but Chocolate City Comics. So... Okay. Yeah, nice. I got some more, man. What you got? You got anything?
0: Yeah, Massive seems to be doing some stuff right now. Like, I know they have Ryan Otley's plot holes mm. um, going through them, and I think even he's doing... Uh, Zorro, Mask of Zorro. Oh, okay. I know he's going through Kickstarter, but it might also be through Massive. I'm not quite sure. Uh, yeah, so it seems like they're doing some stuff right now. So you had brought up Golden Age Daredevil. I was on a hiatus from eBay for a while, oh. but I still get these email notifications. And so <laughs> I got a notification that issue 38 was on eBay for starting at 48.99. And that's kind of the going rate as far as those books go. Like they're on the more expensive side these days. And I did not have 38. I actually have issues 39 through 58. Like a spattering other other numbers, but let's just go with around the numbers we're talking about right now. So I have issues uh, 32, 33, 36, and then jump to 39 through 58. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, let me let me check out or uh, 58 uh let me check out 38 do you, uh, apparently i don't have that one and I was like mm-hmm. i don't recognize this cover check my list sure enough didn't have it so got it down there was five watchers on it i sniped it at the end um i picked picked my max amount that I was willing to do i think which was like 65 bucks you know mm-hmm. and i was or like like 55 bucks i wasn't gonna get too crazy i was like any more than fifty-five, I just can't do it. I'm mm-hmm. spending too much. I'm not even supposed to buy this. This is way too much. As far as like, you know, I got those Pax Americana's the other week for like three bucks and ninety-nine cents, and so it was like, yeah, that was fine. There's no problem there. Those, that's that's nothing. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I spend more than that at the comic store every week. So this, I had not seen it a lot. Like a lot of times, I recognize the covers because I'm constantly looking at them. I was like, this one rarely comes up. I ended up getting it for the starting bid of forty eight ninety nine. So hmm. uh, happy I got it, but also not happy I got it. I was almost waiting for someone to outbid me, mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. But it was yeah. okay because at forty eight, I was like, "That's the cheapest I'm ever going to see that for sure." And uh, I'm I'm closing the gaps on this issues. Uh, you know, one through. I was going to do 1 through 50. That was the goal was to get the first 50 issues, but I found out Golden Age Daredevil is less prominent after issue 67. So the mm-hmm. goal is to get 1 through 67. Okay. So
1: I have I have two quotes that I've written down on this little post-it I keep handy. Without without context, these quotes. I'm done with eBay. Scott lost September 7th, 2023. <laughs> I'm not even supposed to buy this. <laughs> Scott lost September 19th after an eBay purchase. So congratulations, buddy. You <laughs> he lasted, he lasted 12 days, maybe less if I count the Grant Morrison series. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, man, you did it. <laughs> World's best cup of coffee. Um, oh man. Oh, you got anything, you got any other things you bought or shall I launch into, to, shall we plumb the depths of bullshit?
0: Uh, I, I that was it. I did okay. not buy anything else.
1: Okay. Let's, let's, let's go further. Let's Jacques Cousteau this bitch and go and go down way further. So the other thing that I wanted to mention is that, um, Hey, I, I ended up having a really badass tablemate. table mate, uh, named Phil, I'll I'll have to. Um, I think it's Phil Ray Art is his handle on Instagram. But he he was just like he was cool dude, just like cool chill dude. And we he ended up being like the talk to this homie when the con is slow kind of thing, right? And um so so like cool dude, you know has a has a young kid, you know like kind of raising and uh, and he's done. I mean a hundred or so pieces of art original pieces of art based on all these horror movies he's seen and so i uh, you know like we're, we're just chopping it up all convention you know whenever the the fans aren't dictating you know sales right so we'll go in there and just talk during the quiet moments and so you know you have these ongoing dialogues with the other people at the tables and uh and at some point i think on sunday he was like hey man i want to get some of your books and I was like, well, cool, because I want to get some of your prints. So we ended up kind of, you know, he got some books, I got some prints. And so I'm looking through. So I, I hadn't spent much time at this table just looking through all his prints. But I, I, I looked through all of them finally because I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to grab a couple prints. And so I grabbed a print for Colorado Space which is the i think it's a nicholas cage movie based on the hp lovecraft short story one of arguably my favorite hp lovecraft short story so i was like i saw that oh, and okay. i'm like okay i'm getting two and that's one of them and then the other one i came across that i was like i gotta get this is uh the witch or as i like to call it the vivich. Because if you look up the Vivich, it's two V's. That's the way that they actually spell it on the on the DVD on the, for the movie. So this is Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers' first yeah. film. So um, Robert Eggers has done first film was The Witch, second film was The Lighthouse, and the third film was The Northman. So Robert Eggers is known very well in like indie film circles and just people who like good shit as an up and coming director. I think the Northman was the first time he actually got like a good amount of money to make a movie. And I think he has one coming out next year. But anyway, so he's a name. And, and, you know, if you have, if you don't know about him already, then, um, then he's going to only get bigger and bigger because of how good these movies are. So I bought the witch, AKA the Vivich, Blu-ray years ago after I was hanging out with somebody, I was like, what is that t-shirt based on? They're like, oh, it's based on The Witch. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I need, to, I need to find this out. I had purposely avoided it when I was writing my first novel because I had a hunch that it had some similarities to the things that I was writing. So I bought the Blu-ray and I just let it sit. And this is an important thing to note about my family. They hate horror. They can't watch it, right? So what that means for me Is that if I want to watch horror, it's on my time. It's not family time. Like family time, I can, man, I can watch Ahsoka with my wife and kids. I can watch all kinds of shows, Star Trek, whatever, with my wife and kids. Can't, Can't watch horror with my wife and kids. That's Keith time. And the problem with Keith time is, if it's on Keith time, that means it's competing with writing, podcasting, kung fu films, the NBA... And any football that I don't want to watch on Sunday, that's a lot of shit. And that means I never got to watching the fucking movie after having it Mm. for years. So I came across a poster of the Vivich and I was like, that's a cool poster, man. And then I told told Phil the story and I was like, you know what, man? I've got a lot of time this evening as I head home, as I wait in the airport, as I fly on the flight, I'm just paying a couple bucks right now on Amazon Prime and I'm going to download that thing and I'm going to goddamn watch it. I watched it fuck it's good it's so good you know and right now gary's just like nodding like i told you it was good yeah you did gary like i i had always heard it was good and it was amazing like so good a a great slow burn horror film like like 45 minutes 50 minutes into it for those of you who watch it you're like i'm not even sure this is horror and then it really kicks in and it kicks in in a nice like just Yeah, I'm not sure anything about it is super, like, jump scare creepy, but it does stay with you. And uh, and it's worth noting that because, you know, had I watched this in the movie theater, you're in a dark movie theater. And the great thing about a lot of these indie films is they don't have soundtracks or they do in spare moments. So horror can be quite effective when it's just quiet and you wait for the things to emerge out of the quiet and out of the black. That Quiet and Black is very diminished when you're watching on the screen of your phone with a bunch of people walking by at Denver International Airport, right? So, um, and maybe that's the way that I need to watch my horror. But anyway, so it was awesome. So happy I did it. I need to go on a little mini Eggersthon. thon. I'm going to be on a plane again in a couple days. I'm going to download The Lighthouse and just go for it. And I wouldn't be surprised if I go for Northmen after that and just knock this out by the time we record next week. Um, because what, as much as I love reading comics and reading books, uh, I think me neglecting movies is something that it's lasted too long and i do need to catch up on that
0: right did you end up buying the witch poster or, or a print i did yeah yeah sorry oh, okay, yeah, cool. i
1: should i should have yeah i should have mentioned should have led with that but yes that was the second poster i bought it's very cool and it'll just go in my portfolio and i'll have that so uh, so yeah man really oh, yeah. really cool poster um so the, the final thing i wanted to mention and i, and I don't so this is going to tie into my dinner that's coming up mm. once we stop. Let, 20... let me do
0: one yeah go for it um so i've been catching up on reading and so I've been reading Savage Dragon. So yeah. I don't know longtime listeners know I've been collecting Savage dragon like whenever I can and I'm just filling in the gaps for the issues that I need. And I was like, you know what I really need and, and I'm still collecting the series it's on my pull list. So it's just like, okay, I don't want to create new gaps. So I'll just put it on my pull list. I'll just keep filing them away so by the time the series is you know fully collected, you know, I will have those issues, I can just keep reading through. So I started my reread uh, of the beginning, roughly the beginning, I started on issue 50. I was like, I know for sure I've read through issue 50. I recognize the cover, I definitely read this. Savage Dragon was one of my favorite image titles, um, you know, when they first started, and for quite some time. So I was like, all right, let me just jump on issue 50, get a little reread of that, and I'll just keep reading through to see when I actually remember, like, oh, hey, okay, I remember this issue. I don't remember this. My memory is shit, because I just got to issue, like, 72, and something happens in issue 71. I was like, I remember this, <laughs> but I didn't remember, like, I would say 15 to 20 of the issues in between, or, like, mm-hmm. like 15 of the issues in between. Uh, like, there's some stuff that'll pop in. I'm like, I kind of vaguely remember this, but uh, anyway... Um, It's been a real fun series. He does something that I think is very much reminiscent of the Jim Shooter era of Marvel Comics, where he basically kind of recaps the previous issue or the couple of issues before or like the storyline that's going on and like the character just straight up has dialogue in the middle of the book where he says, yeah, and then this happened and this character got killed and, and, and then this happened and this happened. And yeah, that's kind of where we are now. And it, but he's talking to another person. So it just like, okay, you know, like, but it happens every issue, right? Um, it's getting to the point where he's doing it less, but it is a very interesting device. Like when you're, it's basically like if you start reading in trade, it's just like, you don't need to do this like I just you know it, like this just happened type of thing right. but as at this point in the series it's like 98 maybe 97 98 so he kind of does need to do it because they're coming out every every month every other month so some time goes by to where you do want to catch your audience up. So I just thought that was interesting uh, from a reader and creative standpoint, like when you're just reading shit back to back and you're like, yeah, that it doesn't work well when you're, when you're binging it, you know, it just gets re- a little bit repetitive, but it a hundred percent makes sense when you're on that monthly or bi-monthly grind of it. Yeah.
1: And, and I think as creators, that's something we all sort of reckon with, you know, how much How much do you want to assume that it's only the longtime readers that are here versus giving a jumping on point for someone? And I I think in Savage Dragon, it's fair to say that he could have assumed very well that this was someone's first issue. You know, I I think for me, for Kadoja at this point, I'm pretty much thinking you were you've been here a while, so I don't need to recap shit. And we'll go from there. But yeah, to your point, interesting device, interesting device. Um, And 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 cool for you bringing it up. Right. Let's let's do the one final depth of bullshit, which, you know, I already gave the the date that we're recording this out when I quoted Scott a little bit ago, but I'm not going to give it out again. But you can figure it out pretty easily because, Scott, did you know that yesterday was National Cheeseburger Day?
0: I did. We had planned to go to McDonald's to get our I think you get one or two uh, double double cent cheeseburger or double double cheeseburgers for 50 cents. Yeah. So the plan was to get those. I think what were you allowed? Like one, one, one per app. Cheap bastards. Yeah. Um, It's like you couldn't even do at least two, like yeah, make it exactly. worth the people's trip. You know, like what if you got a kid or what if you're in a couple like do fucking two, dude? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like, well, they want each person to download it on their phone. That's yeah. Fucking ne-
1: never mind um, that if you have the app, you'll know that that. So let's say theoretically you wanted to. That would mean you'd have to buy one double cheeseburger at full price and one at 50 cents. Hey, guess what? If you're using the McDonald's app, then you could just buy one, get one free most days because that's like an everyday deal on the
0: McDonald's app,
1: <laughs> right? Oh, is it really? Yes, it is. It, at least it oh, is where I funny. live. Yeah, it changes from place to place.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, like we don't go enough to download the app, but like I did I it do. for, for yeah, I know you do. I, I, uh, I did it for the thing, but then like we were both recovering. So she was like, I don't even think I want to eat out. Like, I think I just want to eat in mm-hmm. and that's going to go into my last bullshit thing.
1: Okay. So, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So did,
0: did you end up getting the the cheeseburgers? So what the happened W-3?
1: was, um, Ava gets home from work yesterday and she says, Oh, I'm going to McDonald's in a minute with someone. Uh, do you want me to get you anything? I'm like, get me a 50 cent double cheeseburger. And I'm like, but you gotta you gotta have the app. And she's like, all right, I'll download the app. So she brought it back home. I had that today. So today is actually like National Cheeseburger Leftover Day. Because what <laughs> Rachel and I did was we happened to just go to, we found out about this because we went to the Farmer Boys up the street yesterday. And they're like, hey, today's National Cheeseburger Day. And all they, they have a normal cheeseburger that's like $5.99. But on National Cheeseburger Day, they chop that in half. And they limited you to four. So they were like, whatever it's called, oh, it's called like the, the big cheese or something like that. So you could get four. So Rachel actually picked up four of those bad boys yesterday and just brought them home. So uh, I had a McDonald's double cheeseburger for lunch and I'm having a Farmer Boys cheeseburger for dinner right after we finish this podcast.
0: Hell yeah, so, that sounds yeah, delicious.
1: Man. Hell yes, hell yes. So anyway, so yeah, just uh, fun stuff. And I guess for those of you out there now, you probably have to wait almost a full year. But apparently September 18th is National Cheeseburger Day. So Bell Biv DeVoe. Now you know.
0: It's also Bash's birthday. My dog. There you go. Did you get Bash a double cheeseburger? I did not. Yeah, because that's not going to go well. (laughs) It's also Ed's birthday. My writer, Ed.
1: Hell yeah. Did you get Ed a double cheeseburger?
0: No. I let him know it was Bash's birthday, though. That's how (laughs) I got him that. I did let him know. I said, for your birthday, McDonald's will sell you a a 50-cent double cheeseburger. (laughs) Um, okay. So I'm gonna get on to my last thing here and part of the, so, I mean, I guess you guys figured out more or less that poorly, I drank poorly, my,
1: the poorly telegraphed thing that we've been hitting at all episode. Yes.
0: Yeah. But that's not it though. Like that's oh. not the only thing that happened. Oh, so yeah. you guys figured it out. I oh, drank too right. too much. You, you,
1: and you, you um, wanted to surprise me with this now that I
0: think about yeah, it. Get, yeah. Get your live reaction. So, yeah. uh, my brother-in-law turned 50. He had a giant blowout. It was awesome. Like Tons of family and friends show up. I think it was like 60 to 75 people there. Um, it was like to the nines with everything. Uh, they, they got a whole bunch of prizes. My sister, like she she's done this one other time. She did this for my nephew's birthday, his 18th birthday. It was a casino night. So what they do is there's a company that will bring casino tables to your house like legit ones giant size yeah exactly like you would see in a casino so there was like a craps table a uh, blackjack table a poker table and a roulette table so um those were all there those were very fun we enjoyed all of that shit they had a taco guy they Mm -hmm. had a live band and they had a bartender yeah so it was pretty amazing and um You know, everyone started off, obviously, you start off with the taco guy, you know, you eat up, you start drinking, once you get a few drinks in you, all right, hey, it's time to start gambling and then playing other random games. Yeah, there's some beer pong, like going on outside if you wanted to play, and uh, so it was a great time. What was not the great time was the next day when I woke up with an insane hangover that lasted the entire day. It wasn't even this led up at eight or nine o'clock at night. No, mm-hmm. no, no. I went to bed with a hangover still, and I woke up with a hangover still. It is Tuesday. <laughs> I still have a slight hangover. <laughs> so it has been Saturday, Sunday, Monday, today's Tuesday. It's been four days. Yeah. And I I still have a slight hangover from from that time. Yeah. Now not only that, Keith, everyone got food poisoning. Oh no. Yes. Everyone got food poisoning. So Sunday, my girlfriend was recovering. Everyone was not recovering. She had food poisoning Sunday. So all day, she's in and out of the bathroom. My entire family, same thing. (sighs) I'm going in and out of the bathroom, but I'm like, yeah, but this is kind of normal when you drink the amount that I did, Mm -hmm. which is roughly. mm, A pirate ship. Yeah. Yeah. Ten to fourteen drinks, I would say, (laughs) and and like it's a mixture of mules, of old fashions, beer, tequila shots, peanut butter and jelly shots, and I think that's it. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, like, you you only those things. You you just you did
1: you basically violated every cosmic ordinance there. Right. Like right. You, you drank way too much. You mixed alcohols. You mixed all the alcohols, son. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Pirate ship Got maybe.
0: there. Yeah. Started off with the peanut butter and jelly shot. Everyone just did one. They're like, yeah, hey, you just missed a shot. Hey, let's do another one. Okay. Yeah. Boom. Did one. And then uh, I switched to old fashions and then I did a mule and they didn't make that very good. Not a good mule. So mm-hmm. I went back to old fashions and then we did the tequila shot. And then I switched to beer. After that, I was like, "You know what? Let's switch to beer." You know what? It was too much. I'm eleven drinks
1: in. Much. I need to. I need to mellow it out. <laughs> I yeah. need three hey, beers.
0: <laughs> I need to be responsible. It legitimately was three beers. By the way, good count. <laughs> good guess. Um. So. It was a night we didn't get home. We had to sleep it off. Obviously, like Danielle couldn't drive. She had two sure. drinks. She weighs she weighs ninety pounds. Right. Like it, it's it's you know two drinks is like my eleven. So <laughs> we ended up sleeping it off. Didn't get home till five in the morning, and then she proceeded to be uh, in and out of the bathroom all night. My goddaughter texted me, "Hey, are you having tummy problems?" And like for me, I was just like, "Yeah, well, Danielle is. I'm in and out of the bathroom, but it's like." I thought it was just alcohol. You know what I mean? It was just like the normal thing that happens to you after a night of boozing. Right. And uh, so I didn't think it was that bad. Well, I also took home a shitload of leftovers because my sister was going to throw it all away Like because once the taco guy leaves, they usually leave what hasn't been eaten because you've already paid for it. So, there was a giant tray of, like, pollo, carne, and autobotta. And I was like, that's all coming home. There is a full tray of beans and rice. I'm taking that, too. Mm-hmm. We're going to freeze some shit. We're, I'm going to divvy it up. I'll give some to my neighbors. Like, we have a really good relationship with our neighbors. Let's, like, spread the wealth, right? I wasn't spreading the wealth. I was spreading poison to these people. Don't touch <laughs> so. it. It's
1: evil. <laughs> From time bandits, <laughs> basically, right? Like,
0: Yeah. So, you know, like... I'm fine. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's it's like to me, it's like when you go to Taco Bell and you don't eat a lot of Taco Bell or Del Taco and then you go there uh, again, usually after a night of drinking and then you're in and out of the bathroom all day. It's normal. It's not anything weird. It's not, you know. And so I was like, hey, I love those beans. Those beans were good. I'm going to for dinner. I had a bowl of beans with cheese and and chips. I was just mm-hmm. like little dip, little chip and dip situation. Um, for breakfast, I was like, got a hangover. You know what? I'm going to make fried rice and I'm going to take a portion of this carne asada and I'm going to put the carne asada in the fried rice. Okay, I wake up at midnight. My stomach is churning like like it is like someone is wrenching out the water of you know, like, like a a towel or some shit Mm -hmm. like that. That's what my stomach feels like. And I was like, Oh, this is what everyone was feeling uh, yesterday. So Daniela had mostly recovered the next day. And I was deep into it the next day, because I didn't get what everyone else got. But when I warmed up those leftovers, oh, man, it was brutal. So I, I woke up, Every three hours that whole night, first night, first time was 12. Next time was three. Next time was five 30. The next time after that was seven 20. And it was just so on and so forth for the rest of the day, the entire day. As soon as seven rolled, I texted all my neighbors that I had given food to. I said, please throw that away. I hope you haven't eaten it. Two out of the three had not eaten it. One had Oh no! all she took was beans. It was in the beans for sure. I'm sure there was cross contamination with all the meat, but the beans fucked me up and they fucked her up and we woke up, we threw everything. Like I had separated them into freezer bags. I put them in the freezer for, for later, you know, like we'll defrost things here and there. We, we got rid of that stuff so fast. Like I hate throwing food away. There's no way I'm testing the waters of this so we chucked it all it was brutal today is the first day where i'm feeling semi-normal i have a hum of a headache and and that's about it that's all that's left but my stomach is fine now thank goodness um so it was a weekend and that is basically what killed two to three days worth of productivity it was like i can't do anything I just wanted to lay lay on the couch, curled up into a ball and just do nothing.
1: Yeah, so a, a couple thoughts here, right? Um, one is, w- the first thing is good news. You're not that hungover. You got food poisoning, right? So it sounds like the hangover would have ended roughly around the evening of the next day, which the last, t- the last time I went ham was at R- Ruckus, so uh, the bassist in Big Pimp Jones at his wedding. Oh, many, many years ago, 15 years ago or something like that. And I, yeah, that that was, I paid the piper, right? And, um, but that was the last time I, well, no, I, I sort of did it once about 10 years ago too. But that was, that was definitely it. I think I've said that story before, right? The time that I was at a buddy's over at friends at New Year's and we just stayed the night. I told you this story, right? And I maybe not on the podcast, but I, I stayed the night and then, um, I mean, me and me and two two of my homies drank basically one point eight bottles of Macallan. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So the next day I'm just watching bowl games and my buddy has this, this nice house with like a movie theater in it. So I am watching a bowl game in the movie theater by myself. And, uh, and, and then like, so the kids are with us and the kids like every now and then someone would stream in and they would be like, Keith, are you okay? Like, so, so like, you know, this is, I mean, again, this is 10 years ago, something like that. So Ava comes in at one point, she's like, Hey Keith. And I'm like, Hey babe. She's like, how are you? I'm like, I'm, I'm just looking forward at the bowl game. I'm like, I'm good. She's like, you want anything? I'm like, no, I'm cool. <laughs> right? And then she walks out. Well, like, you know, an hour later, in comes Eden. Eden's like, hey, Keith. I'm like, hey, Eden. She's like, how are you? I'm like, I'm okay. She's like, can I get you anything? And I remember, like, so I, I'm facing directly forward right now to Scott as if I'm the screen. And then I go, like, I'm Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I basically tilted my head like 20 degrees and then talked to Ian. And she's like, okay. So then I think Alyssa then marches in about an hour later. Like, Hey Keith, just checking on you. I'm like, she's like, are, are you okay? Uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah. She's like, can I get you anything? Like, do you want some food? I'm like, you know what? I think I do. Bring me one Cheeto. <laughs> so, so she brings me one Cheeto and I'm like, yeah, that's not too bad. I think I'm doing okay. And then Rachel comes in. You know, so then this progresses until like five in the evening. And then she's like, I'm going to go get food. You want anything? And that's when I went to my gofu, uh, go-to hangover food, which is KFC mashed potatoes and KFC mac and cheese. That is my, uh-huh. that is my, you're like, please, please be on me out of this. I, I had that exact food after I had uh, dental surgery and all those things. So anyway, that was the last time I ever did that. So I get it. But you had food poisoning, dude. Um, so I, I would say that that my my mother-in-law, she calls me the the food inspector. <laughs> because when we have family gatherings, like if if the food sits on the table for like 10 minutes after we're done, I'm like, so are we gonna put this in the fridge or what? <laughs> I set this up to let you know that the second your goddaughter would have texted me, I'd have lit all that fucking food on fire. I have just been like, I am I am burning this in effigy before I pass this evil on to other people. And in this case, I would have been right. That doesn't mean I'm right in any context, but in this case, it would have worked out in my advantage, right?
0: I mean, Daniela had said the same thing when she was having the, the issues, and she was like, we need to throw that food away. And I was like, eh, you know, because for we? me, <laughs> you know, I was like, but do we really? Because I feel fine. Yeah. And and um, I had the, the carne asada inside the fried rice earlier in that day, and I felt fine the entire day.
1: You discovered the beans were, in fact, the cause.
0: Mm-hmm. And, but, like, at that point, like, you know, the next day, I'm like, it can all go. I'm not risking yeah. the amount of pain that I'm in. I'm not risking it. It was Sounds free. Awful. Yeah. yeah. So, like, let's not do this anymore. Oof. Anyway, so I hope you guys enjoyed those stories. Those it was it was a rough week, but hey, I'm hoping that uh, you know everything gets back to normal. I'm able to knock out another page before the week's end. Uh, but hey, we're we're doing a thing when we remember to do it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna read a quote. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of the episode, do you want to do the quote now, or do we want to do the beer? Let's now?
1: do the beers and then do the quote.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I
1: will I will go with double stack. Um, Great notion, double stack. I have drank this on the podcast before. I've rated it before. I can't remember my rating before, but this is an eight point five. In terms of, I mean, again, it is a imperial breakfast stout, so not aged in bourbon barrels, but it's got maple. It's got coffee, and of course, it's just a a lovely stout. So I I mean I love this thing. Ever since my homie Martin Vavra turned me on to it and brought me some cans when he visited a year and a half ago, maybe longer, um, I've loved it. So when I get a chance, when it's when it's um, God, what the fuck is this? When it's double stack season, when I get my chance, I'm grabbing some. I already put in my pre order, and uh, hey. Once this clears up, maybe I'll, uh, I'll, I'll come on down and we can split. I can give you one of these so you can have it on the pod yeah. and you can try it for yourself, man. It'll definitely be more stout season then. So 8.5, you know, I, I recommend this to people. A- as long as you're open to trying some stouts, one of my favorites for sure.
0: Right on. And uh, if you like vitamin water, you will love Kirkland Vitamin Rain. Vita Rain, <laughs> actually. It's way cheaper than vitamin water. You get yeah. it at Costco. It's fantastic. Um, this particular one, acai blueberry pomegranate, has enhanced uh, vitamin C and E. So mm-hmm. there yeah. you go. Great. You did. Give it a 10. Give it a 10. 10. Actually, this one I give uh, 8.5, the mango is a 10 for me. I wish they had sold just the mango and I would crush those all the time, but I do enjoy these. I drink them quite on the regular. Hey, sometimes
1: it's necessary, man. I mean, there have been past episodes where I'm getting over a cold or I'm getting over something and it it was my turn. I'm like, I'm drinking water, Scott, you can drink whatever. Um, So let's, let's get to the quote. So I'm just going to give the quote and then attribute it. Um, Here we go. It's, it's a little lengthy, but I think it's important and I think it's relevant for the making comics crowd. How shall we measure success? It isn't popularity, money, or critical esteem. Success occurs in the privacy of the soul. It comes in the moment you decide to release the work, before exposure to a single opinion. When you've done all you can to bring out the work's greatest potential. When you're pleased and ready to let go. Success has nothing to do with variables outside yourself. That's from Rick Rubin in the book, uh, the creative act, a way of being. So I, I love it. And, uh, and I think it's very appropriate to the kind of stuff that we're all doing here on the making comics podcast.
0: Right on. Rick Rubin gets a lot of love on this podcast and Absolutely should, he does. Yeah. And should well-deserved. Yeah. Right on, man. That was a very good one. Um, okay. Uh, I think that's everything. We got the beer, we got the quote. Did it and all. so we talk about, uh, where you can find us on social medias. So that is at Scott Lost, S-C-O-T-T-L-O-S-T, on Twitter, Instagram, and threads, and facebook.com forward slash Scott Lost. And you can also get my book, Second Shift, Minimum Weight Superheroes, and Wanderers of Melisanda, Anthropomorphic Dinosaurs versus Humans, at accidentalaliens.com. I also am in a bunch of anthologies. Uh, the 2018-19 And uh, Tales from the Mothership are all available at AccidentalAliens.com. So uh, check those out.
1: Awesome, man. Um, So for me, you can find me on Instagram at Keith underscore Invader. I am posting stuff from my comics. Books I'm reading, uh, quotes I like, pictures, etc. And of course, if you want to check out my website, it's keithrfoster.com. I have pages on the main books I write, which are Kadoja, Giant Monsters Meet H.P. Lovecraft, Three Protectors Kung Fu in Space, and Animals, 28 Days Later Meets Pet Cemetery. keithrfoster.com. You can buy those books on my site. I have a web store. So uh, head over there and check them out if you don't have them already.
0: And if you want to get a hold of us, you can get us at any of those social medias that we just had mentioned or at makingcomicspodcast at gmail.com. If there's any questions, comments, concerns, something that you want us to talk about on the pod that you haven't heard us talk about yet, um, hit us up there. Or if you have questions just for us, you don't necessarily want them on the pod, but you're wondering about something we do or, or you know something we've talked about, uh, that's where you can get a hold of us.
1: I want to do something live right here, Scott. I forgot to run this by you, but I think it'll be fun if anybody wants to take us up. Listeners out there, would you like us to try a beer? Would you like to recommend a beer Uh, to us for the podcast? Hit us up at that email. Hit us up on our social medias and say, hey, you know what would be dope? Try this beer on your podcast and rate it So we would love to hear from you What beers are you interested In us trying, whether you like them or not Fuck it, we don't care, we'll take all solicitations um, Obviously we're limited By the fact that I live in the LA Metro area and Scott lives in San Diego So you may be recommending a beer That we can't even get, but if we Have the opportunity to get it, then we will And we'll drink it on the pod and we'll rate it And uh, and we'll go from there, so anyway, I thought I just liked that idea when I thought of it you know, right Before we recorded, so, and hey Hey, since you're here, five stars. I'm, I'm going to keep it really short. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, throw us the five stars. Give us some words. The algorithms love it. And Scott and I love the words even more, man. So thank you to those of you that have already reviewed it. And if not, all it takes is two minutes to throw us five stars.
0: Hey, we gave you an extra super size edition of the 150th episode of Making Comics. Yeah. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. yay. Yay. Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. (laughs) Another one for that shirt. That is another one. Yeah, it is.